We'll go from there. First Chronicles six thirty one. Are you with me now? Let's read it together. And these are they whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord after the ark had rest. And they ministered before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of the congregation with singing until Solomon had built the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. And then they waited on their office according to their order. Everyone say order. That's a key. And these are they that waited with their children of the sons of the Caithites, Heman, a singer. Everyone say Heman. Okay, you're with me. The son of Joel or Joel, the son of Shemuel or pronunciation, our pronunciation would be Samuel, the prophet. Let's read that one more time. And these are they that waited with their children of the sons of the Kehathites, Heman, a singer, the son of Joel and the son of Shemuel or Shemuel, Samuel. And we're going to stop right there. I'm going to preach to you today. A man named Heman. A man named Heman. Would you put your Bibles down behind you? Now we've already given praise unto the Lord, but I'm going to ask you one more time with your hands and your hearts lifted. Would you ask God to move by the power of his spirit in this moment today? Jesus, you are awesome. You are so much more than what my vocabulary can declare you to be. But God, I am your creation. And so I open up my mouth and I declare that you are good. You are perfect. You are God all by yourself. You cannot withstand me. You cannot hold yourself from me. Because you said that when I praise your name, you would inhabit the place that I am. And so I call upon the name above every name today. I call upon the name of Jesus. Because where you are, there is no darkness. Where you are, oh God, fear must flee. Where you are, Jesus, healing can occur and miracles do happen. And I thank you, Lord for this opportunity. I pray that you would bless everyone here today. Bless everyone listening under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, we pray and everyone said, Amen. You may be seated, but would you clap your hands as you're being seated today? Hallelujah. Heman the Ezraite was a singer and a professional musician. He went on to have 14 sons and three daughters. When I shared this portion of scripture with Sierra, she said that is not of God. All of his children also became professional musicians. It was what their father taught them. It was what was handed down to them by their father. He was chosen by King David in 1 Chronicles to assist in song and the transporting of the Ark of the Covenant after Uzzah had mishandled the glory of God. Are you with me today? However, Heman's lineage or family tree was not the prettiest or the most pristine, if you will. He was the grandson of Samuel, yes, 
the great prophet and seer, as the Bible calls him. However, the prophet Samuel is just a blip on the radar in Heman's family pool. By biblical standards, Heman had two strikes against him. He was the son of Joel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who had aspired against Moses and against God. He was an idol worshiper and did not fear the Lord. Heman was the great-grandson, or the great-great-grandson, rather, of Korah. Korah was one of the leaders of a rebellion against Moses in the book of Numbers. So psychologists and psychiatrists alike say that there are two main things that destroy a person as far as a physical life is concerned. Number one is heredity. Who raises you and who parents you often passes on character traits that are often unknown to the offspring until it's too late. Addicts often raise addicts. A parent's lifestyle is a winding path paved for a child that they blindly follow and often mimic. Number two is yours and mine environment. Many times it is what surrounds a child or a person in everyday life that shapes and molds them from their home to school to social gatherings and the list goes on and on. Thus we find Heman with the possibility of the same situation and the same outcome. Heman had a father that was an idol worshiper and a great-great-grandfather that was a rebellious man against Moses. However, however, what most psychologists and psychiatrists do not know is that there is a changing and transforming power of an almighty God. And Heman had the hand of a king upon him, not the hands of an everyday ordinary man, but King David himself put his hand upon Heman. And when King David put his hand on him, he told Heman that he wanted him to assist. Think of it. He wanted him to assist in the carrying of the glory of God. But David was very specific in what he wanted Heman to do. You see, David's negligence had gotten a man killed just a few months before. I I know that Uzzah was the son of Abinadab and Uzzah had been around the Ark of the Covenant for 20 years when the Ark was being transported that fateful day. But it was King David's lack of attention and lack of reverence that allowed for Uzzah to be killed in cold blood. They were transporting the Ark incorrectly to begin with. And so some could say that Uzzah's blood was also on David's hands. So the transportation of the ark would certainly be different this time around. David gave clear instructions to Heman and all others who were involved. King David let Heman know, when the glory comes down on the shoulder of the priests, sing. Sing with a loud voice. I don't care what your background is, David is stating. It doesn't matter who came before you, Heman, who your ancestors are. I don't care what you've done or what you plan to do. The king has touched your life, Heman, and you must sing. Are you with me here today? 
There are some of us that have come out of all kinds of different situations, wrecked marriages and homes. Some of you have been hurt and abandoned. Even in the past few months, we have all experienced things that have never happened before in our nation's history. We have lost jobs and family incomes. Relationships have been battered and broken. Fear, ladies and gentlemen, has gripped many of our hearts. Not just fear of this pandemic, but fear of the unknown. Fear of our family's safety and well-being. Even a fear of associating with others. And the list can go on and on, so I won't belabor them all. Frankly, for a lot of the world, there seems to be no hope for humanity. However, I've come here today to say there is still a God who sits on the throne. There is a king above all kings. The king of kings is still touching his people. He is still blessing and delivering. He has touched you and he has touched me with his powerful hand. He is still filling people with his spirit. I've come to preach to you today. Jesus, the king of kings, is still touching and placing his hand on his people. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Yay! And so I've come here today with a word from the Lord that I believe you and I have a responsibility to the Almighty God. David told Heman that when you feel the glory of the Lord rest upon your shoulder, when you pick up the Ark of the Covenant, when it is picked up, I want you to sing. Hear the word today, ladies and gentlemen. We must not lose our praise. I may have lost tangible things. That may be, there may be fear in the world today, but I refuse to lose my praise. I will lift my voice and sing unto Jesus. Fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Second Timothy says, hear it. But he has given us power and of love and of a sound mind. I've come here today to tell you, fear is not of God. Hear it today. The word does not say he didn't give us the spirit of wisdom, for it is of God. You have got to be smart in all things. However, fear is not of the Lord. So I rise up today to say to this crowd of people, people sitting and standing before me. God is with us. We have been touched by the King and I will praise Him. Yay! It is my duty and obligation let everything that hath breath praise the name of the Lord. Everything that has breath. I've said it before. I've got to say it again. You and I are the only creatures on the planet that get to choose whether or not we praise the Lord. Every other thing in creation has no choice. Their very being is praise unto God. But you and I have the distinction.
distinct obligation to minister to the Lord. So I'm preaching here to you today. You have got to, you've got to praise the Lord with everything you have, everything that you are, with your voice and with your mind, with your spirit and with your hands, with your heart, everything that has breath. Praise ye the Lord. Haman was not in the original plan of the Ark of the Covenant. I love this. But he got to take the glory home to Jerusalem. He was plan B. David messed up. He saw that. Thank goodness. David had the heart of figuring things out. That's probably why the word declares that he was a man after God's own heart. He was in search of him. A man was murdered in cold blood, everybody. David stored it away. And then Heman is brought up, not in the original plan. The fact of the matter is, you and I did not stand around Calvary that day. We were not in the number that said, crucify Jesus. We were not in the number that wept for him. But somehow, by the grace and the glory of God... The Lord God Almighty has chosen you and I to take the glory home to the new Jerusalem. Can you say amen? I don't know about you, but I am going to sing unto the Lord today. For his mercy does endure forever. But it's not just a song, hear it today. But it's not just the lifting of your voice and the focus of your mind being on Jesus. The world may be changing, but the Lord is never changing. The world may be failing, but he is never failing. We are taking his glory home to a new Jerusalem where the streets are gold and there is no more pain and suffering. The king has touched your life by the infilling of the Holy Ghost evidence in speaking in other tongues by baptism in Jesus name God has touched us and placed his hand upon us and it is our obligation to sing if you do anything heman the moment that you feel the glory of God the moment that his spirit is uplifted the moment that we begin to transport it you've got to sing do what only you can do Heman, lift your voice, lift your voice, lift your voice. I will sing and praise regardless of my history. There is a beautiful scripture in Acts chapter 16. It's a truly beautiful story. It's one of the most beautiful stories in the book of Acts, in my opinion. It tells of a story, or it tells the story of Paul and Silas. The first of that chapter talks about them going down to a river and baptizing a woman named Lydia and her whole household, the Bible says. There was a day that Paul and Silas's ministry did really well to touch only one household. Think of it. As a matter of fact, there for a while, Paul and Silas did not have a lot of people following them on their journey. Every time that they preached, they didn't have multitudes of people fall on their feet and get the Holy Ghost or be delivered and set free. Sometimes there is a misconception about that and we tend to get discouraged. 
There was a day by the riverside that they baptized one woman and her family. And they shouted at the riverbank. Pentecost went through a time where it was not not the accepted form of salvation. We even witness it here today at moments. However, if you read the whole chapter, you will come across that Paul and Silas also were casting out devils which got them thrown into prison. Are you with me today? About 15 verses earlier, these same men were baptizing a woman and her household in a river. Now, when they were thrown in prison, the Bible says, and they were fastened with stock and bonds, then all of a sudden, something happens. Acts 16 and 25, and I quote, And at midnight, everybody say at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. There was a great earthquake. You know that song? Okay. And immediately, everyone say immediately. And immediately all of the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Paul and Silas prayed. And worshipped at a riverside just 15 verses earlier. And they baptized one woman and her household. Stay with me here. There is a key or a key word that I want us to focus on. The key word in this portion of scripture is the word midnight. It is the time factor. Everybody say time factor. Paul and Silas did not sing a new song in the jailhouse. They didn't preach a new sermon in the jailhouse. They didn't even pray a new kind of prayer in the jailhouse. As a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, they sung the same song and they preached the same message. They prayed the same prayer to the same God in just a different circumstance. I want to tell you something here today. I want to tell you that the same message that baptized one woman and her household in Thyatira is the same message that will make the whole prison shake and open up every door that was once locked and loose every chain that was that once had you bound because midnight is the key if there is ever going to be a time for the church to shine it has to be at midnight the Lord is my light in my salvation whom shall I fear whom shall I be afraid it was midnight when the cry went forth behold the bridegroom cometh go ye out to meet him if ever a church shined in the last hour I believe that it's this church if ever a church were to preach the truth in the last hour it's going to be preached here we can't get our message we can't change our doctrine we can't change our stand on anything let me just tell you here today your praise is what bridges the gap I hope that you receive it here today. The same prayer, the same message, the same praise was the same exact thing that happened just 15 verses earlier. Big or small, small, medium, or large, God has no size variance. But let me tell you, praise is the key factor. It's just at midnight. It's just the time. That's all that changed.
Come on, put your hands together today. Yes, yes, yes. It's been said many times, but the darker the night, the brighter the light. And I believe that. Come what may, we will not lose our praise. Praise is what turns the light on. Regardless of what happens, if you're locked up, if you're all bound up, if you had been beaten and bruised, maybe you're tired and overwhelmed, hear the word of the Lord today. Your freedom begins with praise. I believe that here today. Maybe you think I'm just preaching for response here today, but I'm just telling you what's kept me alive. What's kept me alive is praise. I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but I do the very best that I can with my voice and with my hands. With my heart and with my life, with my family and with my home, I hope you receive it for yourself today. Praise is what is going to get you through. I refuse to be bound up. I refuse to be locked up. The same praise that saved a woman and her family was the same powerful praise that loosed the doors and broke the shackles and set Paul and Silas free. The beauty of it is we can even prove that Paul preached the same message. Go three chapters later in Acts 19. Just a few chapters later, Acts 19 and 2, Paul finds himself, the Bible says, with a group of about 12 men. Verse 2, and I quote, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Unto what were you baptized, Paul asked. And they said, unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized under repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, the Bible says, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want to tell you something. Paul did not compromise his message at midnight. The great apostle still preached one God and one baptism. He still preached the baptism of the Holy Ghost ghost with evidence and speaking in other tongues. The Bible says that they prayed. Paul and Silas did not change the way they prayed from the riverside to the jailhouse to the 12 believers converted just a few chapters later. The only difference was the time. Their praise never changed. It never wavered from what we might consider the small miracle at the riverside in Thyatira to what we often consider the big miracle in the jailhouse and the conversion of a larger group of people, Paul and Silas didn't change their praise. They didn't lose their praise and they certainly never changed their message. Can I tell you something here today? That even when you feel hopeless and helpless, never lose your praise. Through the valleys on the, and through and on the mountaintop, your praise cannot waver. From the riverside to the jailbreak and conversion, you must praise. Oh, I wish you'd help me a little bit here today. God knows who you are. God knows where you are. You have been touched by the king. It does not matter what your family heritage is or what you have done up to this point. The king placed his hand on Heman and put him in a position that would have never been afforded him if there wasn't some tragedy and turmoil. A man named Uzzah was killed by God. 
It struck fear into the hearts of those that witnessed that lesson unfold that day. A man was killed. Tragedy, ladies and gentlemen, may just be the sign that God is about to promote you to an unattainable position. I wish that you would receive that here today. I'm going to say it again. Tragedy may just be the sign that God is about to promote you to an unattainable position on your own. But he wants to touch your life. And he wants to fill you with his presence. He has something he wants you to carry. Whether it is light or heavy. You must open your mouth and sing unto the Lord. David understood it. David's praise was often what got him to a safe place in God. He was after God's own heart. He was a musician and a warrior. David had killed his ten thousands on the battlefield. But his greatest weapon was his praise. He was a praiser and a worshiper. Your greatest weapon, ladies and gentlemen, is your praise. For the battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. He is looking for praisers. He is looking for a place to inhabit. It's like a magnet that God Almighty is drawn to. It's like a magnet. I know that his word says it and I'm going to stand upon it. He inhabits the praises of his people. Would you lift your voice now? Would you lift your voice now? Would you call upon the name of the Lord? Would you call upon the name of the Lord? Come on, Paul and Silas didn't change their message. They didn't change their prayer. They didn't change the way they sung. Don't stop now. Come on, don't stop now. Can I just say it? You've been in it for too long now. Don't lose your praise now. Come on, God is about to show who he really is. Come on, the world is in turmoil. But God is just saying, everything's terrible. Let me show you who I really am. Let me put you in a place where you truly need me. Where you have nothing else to turn to. Man can't fix it. Doctors may not be able to fix it. Come on, Scientology can't fix it. But there is a God. Come on, He inhabits the praises of His people. And whenever He shows up, come on, He brings everything He is. Every quality, every character trait. Hey! Come on, he's still a healer. Whether it's just one woman in her family or whether it's an earthquake that's breaking the doors off your situation. Your praise is the key. Come on, midnight is the key. Maybe you're at midnight. But God said, I will inhabit the praises of my people. Come on, he's a God of his word. He's a man of his word. Oftentimes, we believe praise to be just the vocalization 
just the action the running, the dancing and I I agree with all of that and I'm thankful for it and I will continue to do it myself however I'm challenging you here in this moment right now can you focus your mind can you block out every distraction can you forget who's next to you your praise isn't about who's around you it's yours, it's your garment We will lift our voice and our hands and we will dance and sing praises unto God. But in your mind, can you say, Lord, I'm focused on you. Even if you don't know exactly what to say, just tell him, God, you're perfect. God, you're perfect. For the things that I take for granted, every good and perfect thing, I thank you for them right now. Lord, I glorify you in my mind. In my mind's eye, I am focused on your presence. I am tentative to your spirit, O oh God. Draw near to me. You said that you stand at the door and knock. Here we are. We're at the door. Now, with your mind's focus, in your own way, would you lift up a praise for you? Would you lift up a praise in the house now? With your voices lifted and your hands lifted. With your minds focused on the King of Kings. Come on, He has touched you. Come on, you have a testimony here today. If you think it's great or if you think it's small, let me tell you. It's the greatest. God has kept you. God has protected you. God has woke you up here today. Come on, I will bless the Lord at all times. When I wake up in the morning, come on, my heart is fixed on God. My mind is fixed on God. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Praise is what bridges the gap. I will not lose it. I may have lost tangible things, things of this life, bruised and battered, but my praise I will not sacrifice.